Hey, what's going on? Welcome to As An Artist, a local famous records podcast about local artists, their art, the creative process, and the local scene here in DFW. My name is Anthony Sosa, and on this episode, we have Ray Liberio. I'm so excited to have Ray in here. I've been trying to have this conversation with him for a while now. Uh, we, we both had to cancel for different reasons at different times, and so finally made it happen. Uh, if you're not familiar with Ray, Ray has been a staple in the Fort Worth music and art scene for decades now. He's been uh, part of such acts as the Methinks, Vorvon, and FTW, with whom he's still actively playing with, and he's been a part of other acts in the past, such as Epic Ruins, Stoogophilia, Hassle Horse, and John Doe, among many others. Um, he also does visual and graphic art with his production company, Pussyhouse Productions, who has done some iconic art around town. The one that comes to mind most uh, most prominently is the, the Lola's girl that was painted on the back of the patio at the old Lola's location. I believe he said uh, here in the interview, you'll hear about doing the uh the redoing it at the new lola's location and having done it on the inside of the new location as well uh he also did uh when i was playing with with huffer a few years back he he did the huffer album cover the bird uh he also did some t-shirts uh designs for us as well so he's a very very unique and cool you know visual designer but also like a very pro prolific uh musician uh and band man around town so um I'm just super, you know, super excited about this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, we cover a lot. We kind of talk about a lot of different stuff. We kind of talk about, you know, his past a little bit, but kind of in the midst of it, we we neglect to talk about some of the things that I wanted to. We don't really don't get into Epic Ruins very much or Stoogophilia and some other stuff like that. And so hopefully, uh, I hope to have him back soon so we can kind of explore some other things. There is a uh, show coming up tonight. Vorvon is playing at Division Brewing in Arlington, October 9th, if you're hearing this on the day it airs. Uh, and then Me the Methinks is having a vinyl release on October 29th uh, at the new Lola's location. And so information on that is provided below. Please uh, please show up and support local music and check these shows out. And uh, without further ado, here is the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Oh, wait, hold on. At the end of it, <laughs> stick around. Uh, there is a banger of a track, the new song, Keep Halt Him High. Uh, from the Methinks, it's it's the one one of the ones that they are releasing on their 12 inch on October 29th at Lola's. Uh, that song is also going to be uh, at the end of this episode, so please stick around and check that out. It is it's a banger. It's awesome. And yes, now now we can start the episode. Right. So, man, like, again, thank you. I know I said this earlier off air, but I just want to really thank you again. I know we've been trying to get this together for, I don't know, what, over a year now or something? Right, right. Going back and forth. So I'm glad we can actually make it happen, man. Uh, you know, like sickness and pandemics and all stuff that, going on. Yeah, all that jazz, man. So <laughs> glad to get that stuff kind of behind us and, right. and everything. Me too. So, like, do you, I guess, first and foremost, do you, like, this might sound silly, but I want to, I kind of try to ask everyone this. Do you consider yourself an artist? Um, I mean, I, I, I that's always so strange to me. <laughs> like I, <laughs> most of the time I say no, you know, like, okay, no, 
um i I don't know it's that's so it's so weird because i think of myself and um i mean i guess technically it counts (laughs) but like compared to like um i don't i don't know everyone else (laughs) (laughs) there they seem a lot better than uh than i am and i'm okay with that i'm okay with that but um, you know, it's it's like maybe may, I, I don't know. That's always been a tough question. Gotcha. Um, because I mean, that's it's my job in the daytime, and mm-hmm. it's my fun in the nighttime. How how do you distinguish between the two, or draw the line between the two? Like I I don't know. It's because I I guess like during the day, I am I am technically paid money to be an artist a designer mm-hmm. really <laughs> but i guess that falls into that category yeah, right yeah um shit i guess i do have to say yes a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> um i yeah yeah i i guess i could like i could stutter and mumble for probably 30 minutes. No, I feel that. you, man. I feel you. Well, no, so I, I guess I've got a, I, I kind of have this, this is my bias or opinion. I think we're all artists. You know, I think every human being, the way that we live, whatever we do, how, how we, how we, the choices we make, I kind of think that's kind of artistic stuff. And so I think what you do is like absolute, like you're most definitely an artist. I think you're one of the most inspirational artists in the DFW area, in the Fort Worth area that like, wow. that I've had the pleasure of meeting. Like I just, you, you, you put some amazing stuff out into the world, you know, musically and visually, and just as a person, like how you choose to live your life. Like you're just a really good dude. Oh, right. On. Um, and thank so like that, that, thank you for, for, you know, for being who you are, dude. <laughs> uh, and so like all that to me is like inspirational and creative. And so like, I just kind of want to figure out like kind of what makes you tick and maybe kind of go back to, you know, where it all started. Like what, what, sure, yeah. what, what was the first type of thing that you started making? Was it, was it music? Was it like visual? Was it? I think it was probably visual, like, you know, drawing dinosaurs and spaceships and, you know, stuff like that. It okay. was, um, it was always, yeah, I was a scribbler and a color, you know, coloring book fiend and, you know, gotcha. All that kind of stuff. I, I remember, you know, when I, when I was younger, uh, we, we had a piano in the house. Okay. Um, that's another, that's, it's <laughs> another funny story. <laughs> maybe we'll have to, maybe I'll tell. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we had this piano. We had, it's still there. We have a piano in my mother's house. And, uh, you know, from a very young age, like my, my mom, my mom played and my sister, she's two years younger than me. She, she played. Awesome. And I remember trying like, well, maybe I should learn how to play. And I went and took one lesson and just absolutely hated it. I hated it, like the discipline. I hated like, you know, it was like, I I just didn't gel with it. And I don't, I don't know how old I was. Mm -hmm. I was probably like six, maybe seven, somewhere around there. My sister was old enough to be able to like start to learn to play. So uh, so music didn't really come along until like middle school. Okay. That's interesting. 
So what, what, I guess, what was your visual stuff that you were taking at, I guess, like kids shows and that sort of thing? Or was, what was your first, like, I don't know, movie or big or painting oh. that you saw or something like that, that and you were that, like, damn, that's, I want to do something like that. I think, uh, I mean, the first movie I ever saw was Star Wars. Oh, wow. At the drive-in <laughs> movie theater in 1977. Um, that's awesome. I just dated myself Damn. right there. No, that's been, no, that's great. But I think that, that's great. I mean, that was the f- that was the very first thing I ever saw on the giant screen. You wow. know, sitting on top of my parents' Pinto station wagon, and that's uh, amazing. You know, I was pretty mesmerized by it, and from there on, it was like it just. I don't know. It just kind of drove my imagination. Yeah. And they came out with those toys a little while later, and it was like. Oh wow! You know you can really kind of get deep into your imagination, and, yeah. and you know, as a kid, you you know, doing the play, playing and <laughs> setting everything up, and yeah, you know, and just yeah, yeah. right. Um, but that that was a huge that was a huge influence. That's um, awesome. And I mean, so were you here in Haltom City at that time, or did you? Were you living somewhere else? But in, in no, I grew up in uh, Rochester, New York. Okay, uh, like Western New York. It's okay, kind of like uh, it, it's you On know it's real close to Buffalo. Yeah, it's like the next city over. Um, and uh, my family's kind of from the Finger Lakes area, which is just a little bit southeast of Rochester. Okay, so, um, yeah, that's awesome. We're still there. People are still up there in Geneva on Lake Seneca and stuff. So, um, but we moved down here when I was, when I was about eight. Okay. Um, uh, but I, um, I actually, I, I grew up out in, um, Eagle Mountain. Okay. I went to Boswell High oh, School. On the west side. Boswell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, and back then there was, it was the, kind of the boonies. It was like the yeah, edge. Yeah, After that, it was like, you know, like. Rome, you know, <laughs> <laughs> was was down the road, but damn, um, it was uh, I don't know. In, in middle school, I, I I don't know. I got a hold of a tape that had like a bunch of punk bands on mm. it, and uh, I got a hold of a Thrasher magazine, and that was kind of all she wrote as far as like. You know, I it just changed my whole mindset of that's awesome. Do you remember any of the bands that were on that tape? Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh Butthole Surfers, it was Black Flag, it was Dead Kennedys, uh Minor Threat, you know, kind of like yeah. all the the heavy hitters. And I don't know, somebody it was like a compilation, you know, it was a mixtape yeah. that some dude made for <laughs> uh a friend of mine's older sister, you know, she was kind of like the um the uh the attractive like angular haircut punk rocker chick <laughs> at the high school um so this other dude was like hey i made you a tape and um she was like i hate all this shit you hear? <laughs> and she gave it to us you know she's like here you guys you might like it and we're i think we were in like like the seventh grade uh probably i think it was in between seventh and eighth grade okay and heard that tape and i i mean i remember it like it was yesterday it was like it starts off with the butthole surfers song called lady sniff <laughs> and if you've ever heard that song it's uh, it's a very strange song 
Um, I mean, and that's like, that's coming from They're like, weird band describing band. the butthole servers <laughs> and saying, the, this is a weird song for the butthole surfers. So, you know, it's a weird song, but it has like all this like hacking and spitting and burping and just weird noises and his voice is all weird. And this is like the first thing I heard under the, you know, the term punk rock. And I'm like, this is crazy. People are just like spitting and like burping and stuff. This is like, but I like, I like it. It's so, you know, and then, um, it was, uh, the song Halloween by De the Dead Kennedys, okay. which was more, you know, like a musical song. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I like that. And, you know, and, and we kept going down this tape and it was like, who is this? And the guy had like written everything out, you know, yeah. he really wanted, you know, this, yeah. this girl to, <laughs> to spend a lot of time him. making this tape. He did. Dubbing everything in. And it just went to a couple of dumbasses. <laughs> but, uh, but it sounds like it had a big impact, though. Maybe it unintended. Did. But I that's... still have the cassette tape. Oh, that's it, amazing. It, <laughs> I yes. won't get rid of it. That's, that's phenomenal. It. It's, um, I, I still have a bunch of cassette tapes. Uh, but that one is like, you know, that's yeah. kind of a special one. That's cool to have a memento from from like that moment. You know, from that. Yeah. Like, like a, yeah. a pivotal moment in the past. That's it, really cool. It might even still play. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so okay did that it so what is it you said middle school high school middle? yeah middle school okay uh about in between seventh and eighth okay, grade seventh, that's right i remember you know i was pretty awkward like i mean who isn't awkward in middle school you know right sixth yeah, that's grade like, you're that's, just like Whoa. yeah <laughs> um and then uh seventh grade you know you're starting to figure it out you don't have a homeroom anymore yeah. you know i'm getting older and uh but i you know that's this um it thrasher really had a lot to do with it too because it was just like it had everything you know we were starting to get into skateboarding yeah um we had been riding bikes for a little bit you know well i mean we've been riding bikes since we were able to ride bikes sure right <laughs> but yeah. best way to get around it was like age. you know skateboarding kind of was right at the cusp this was like uh i don't know 84 okay uh yeah around there around okay. there and uh it was just kind of coming into the into into the yeah the, so it's like slightly slightly mainstream not yeah, quite where yet. i could yeah. see it yeah. at yeah, least exactly yeah <laughs> and uh <clears throat> i i just kind of latched onto it and then everything in that magazine it was like here's here's stuff about skating here's stuff about music here's stuff about cooking. Here's yeah. a recipe for, you know, shark tacos. I think that was the name of the article. That's awesome. Chef boy, am I hungry? <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. There's a lot of stuff from my past that I remember like a photograph. And then, you know, if you asked me about two weeks ago, I have <laughs> no idea. It's like, well, very short-term memory those, yeah i mean i guess back then you've got less to less to remember and so it's yeah. like everything is important or impactful and i don't know that makes sense our yeah. lives are very monotonous and repetitive at this point so right you know it's <laughs> a lot of it maybe <laughs> depending on what you do i guess i don't want to say everybody but i know you know that's it kind of we get into that be. routine yeah. right yeah. um 
So man, so when did you start p- picking up an instrument? What was the first one you picked up? I, got, I know you said you kind of rejected piano lessons. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't do good at I the didn't piano. Either. Same. I, I didn't stick with that either. I, I wish I could have because I, I can see where it has screwed me up. Same. Um, <laughs> to this very day. It's like I'm a drummer who can only play with three limbs instead of four. Um, I just never learned all that dexterity. Piano probably would have given me but oh well what can you, know. you do yeah what can you do That's exactly how it goes. so you would say drums primarily well i know your... I, I didn't get to play in drums until like in the 90s okay um but it was uh i i guess i guess like the, the coronet was my first okay. instrument like you know it's like a squattier trumpet yeah same notes same uh same tone it's just a different uh layout of piping I yeah. guess it's so can you read music i i could i okay. could uh sixth seventh and eighth grade uh all during school i could read music like a champ uh awesome. and all that is like fully <laughs> gone <laughs> i mean every good boy does deserves fudge and yeah. stuff like that you know kind of <laughs> stuck but i i cannot read music anymore but like you learn, it's I mean, but you took you learned stuff while learning that instrument. Do you think mm-hmm. you retained that and it helped you on other things? Like once yeah. you once you translated. I think so. That? And I bet like if somebody was to probably sit down and go, okay, here's the E note, and then you know like it would probably come back to me. Sure. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be able to like write a concerto yeah, or yeah. anything, but yeah. I would. I might be able to follow a really simple piece of music but i'm about right there with you i even have trouble with tablature i'm just like i can't tablature is just such a it's just so narrow as far as what it can show you there's no rhythm on it and so it's like i'm I'm trying to teach you know guitar to some young students now and it's like this is only good if you already know the song right you have to know you can't i can't hand you this and say play this because it's not gonna make exactly any sense but yeah, I can't read music either. So I know it's, it's like one of those things where like, oh, let's learn this cover. Okay, like check out the tab yeah. <laughs> and make sure like we're like, oh yeah, it is an A. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but exactly. that's about all <laughs> that's how I read it. Like right. yeah, I'm in the right area. Yeah. And then you're good. And your ear's good enough, you know, you can tell if you're right or wrong <laughs> at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um that was that was like that was a big turning that was a big turning point like in the eighth grade okay. because I kind of gave up on the 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 band the middle school band gotcha and I had gotten interested in guitar I bought a guitar or I shouldn't say I bought a guitar <laughs> <laughs> I was a sixth grader I got a guitar and a little tiny amp as a gift um, I can't remember if it was a birthday or Christmas but it was like a you know a big one of the big presence and oh. it's like oh you know i've i've been asking for an electric guitar and um i didn't i had a lot of you know i've made a lot of noise on it but i didn't really make any headway uh but then you know once i started uh hearing more punk rock stuff mm. and like seeing flip side videotapes and uh skate skate videotapes with bands playing you know agent orange in the bottom of the bowl jamming out skaters are skating around them and it was like yeah you know like you don't you don't have to be a a maestro to to like kind of have some fun absolutely you just you know you it helps if you have some other people but you don't even need that but uh (laughs) that's a good point we I, i had some friends and we all kind of 
played different stuff and I, we all shuffled around, blah, 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 you know, and I ended up on the bass. Gotcha. Need, I was the worst guitar player and we needed a bass player. <laughs> and it was like, you know, they were like, it's, it's like the guitar, but easier. You, you don't have to, <laughs> you only have to use one finger. And I was like, I think I found my instrument. Um, and I, I've been a bass player, I guess, ever since then. We, gotcha. we had a crappy punk band that played a bunch of Misfits covers and, you know. That's awesome. Uh, like everybody else uh, back then learning yeah. how to play. And um, it just never stopped. <laughs> Your bass tone, like, is, is fucking awesome. Oh, like you thanks. Just got absolute, like, what is your approach to playing bass? Like, what is your, like, I think bass, or the way I, I think I should play bass, like, this, this is my, like. Mm. That, it's, it's, um, I don't think it comes from a lot of different things. I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer in people's fingers, you know, it's like. Yeah. You can try and try and try to sound like Keith Richards, but unless you have Keith Richards yeah. Thing, you know, you're not going to sound exactly like him. You yeah. know, there's going to be a slight difference. And maybe you might not be able to tell, but. Um, no, absolutely. Because his hands are his hands, right? Your hands are shaped different, you know. Right, right. The, the, like it's, yeah. The tone kind of comes from people and it's, I mean, and, and everything else. It's a big, there's a, yeah. a whole equation that goes with it. But um I've always, I shouldn't say always, but I've played Marshalls for quite a while, which is, you know, they're not known for their bass equipment, yeah. um, but they've they make they've made some good stuff over the years. So you just have to, you know, dig it out of pawn shops and stuff like we did. <laughs> I guess I never noticed that. I never thought about that, but that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I think. Uh, I like I, I like a lot of mid and a lot of bass um, as far as, you know, the the EQ goes. And yeah. I love like just running a fuzz pretty much. Yeah. You know, nonstop. Yeah. Like, um, and then I'll use like a, a little boost to give me that the edge. 11. Yeah. You know, like oh, I need this part to be louder. And it's like. What's your? I remember we ran into Guitar Center at one time, and I think you were like trying out different fuzz pedals or getting a new fuzz pedal, if I remember correctly. Um, it's like five, six years ago. I don't know if you remember or not. Um, but he, what, what do you have? Like a certain fuzz pedal you prefer? Or you have over the years? Have you kind of like? Oh yeah. Changed to different ones or something? Or I, you know, I just recently changed, but it's funny because I I changed to just the same. Thing. <laughs> um, I think my. I think my secret weapon, I mean, it's not a secret. It's there right on my pedal board has, was like my Maleko ass master for, I played that thing. Gosh, I got that in the, I got that in the early two thousands. Uh, oh, wow. somewhere 2007, 2008. Uh, I, I don't exactly remember, but it's, it's been around for, for a little bit and it's been on my pedal board the whole time and it um it's it's a um it's a copy of the maestro bass brass master oh okay which is like this obscure 70s pedal yeah. 
that if you look them up on reverb they're like you know just a, under two grand wow and it's like yeah. come on yeah you know I'm not, get the clone yeah yeah i'm yeah. not gonna pass that. master that's that's genius it's hilarious but, yeah so maleko uh maleko was um it, it was it's it is they're still going strong it's a it was paul barker from ministry oh, and all okay. those uh you know revolting cocks and all that stuff uh it was him and uh and then the the pedal maker guy they kind of got together and designed this pedal interesting um and it is a uh it's an octave fuzz that's just oh, wow. designed for the bass um and i don't know i don't know what it what it does but the key to it is the is the blend knob. Gotcha. Um, of the octave, like kind of blending. Well, there. it's it blends uh, your clean signal into your fuzz signal. Oh, okay. So if I set it right at noon, you're getting you know you're getting the base you're getting the base signal and the fuzz signal like an equal, so you don't lose the bottom end. Mm -hmm. It it's, that's the thing. It man. stays right there, and then it just colors it with that fuzz over the top. And um, then you can kind of set the sensitivity, and uh, it's yeah. it's got it's got a, a few switches and a few knobs. Um, and I found the one I found the setting that works for me, and it's I you got it. I, yeah, I've used that setting like, That's... and recently I started noticing a crack in like the it's got like a Lexan cover that you can't mm. really see. It's pretty cool. It's just all the printing's done on it and everything, but it, it's got a slight crack in it. And um, I just thought, well, let me see, you know, like what's what's out there. And I was just going to get a, another one. And then I started looking around and I found a, uh, found a guy that makes um, the, the bass brass master. Oh, wow. Copy. It's just a, it's a pretty much the same thing, except it's a, another yeah. guy's um version of it um and it's they both they both make a germanium and a silicon okay. version and i always go with the silicon okay. versions i don't know i like i don't know germanium's always kind of a it's a crapshoot for me okay. you know like especially in texas with the temperatures because mm. those transistors or what resistors whatever they are yeah right <laughs> those germanium thingies they do not they don't like the hot they don't like the cold that's interesting so they about that. they sound you know that you'll they sound a little different here and there but yeah um so yeah i this is like just been like two months i put this new pedal on the board and it's like um <laughs> it's so funny because i set the dials and it, everything exactly the same as I did on the ass master. Everything's the same. There you go. And it sounds pretty much the same. I can tell a difference. Yeah. I think this one's a little bit crispier and the ass master is like a little bit uh, fuzzier. Okay. Interesting. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I've just been keeping it simple. I've got that. I've, um, I've got a tube, you know, that Marshall heads like a 400 watt tube amp. Damn. Yeah. It's a big, that's it's big. a big, yeah. it's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's awesome. It's like, uh, it's like the one Scott white 
plays okay. uh, that he's got like an old PV that's like a 400. That's right, yeah. And Fender made one too back in the day. A real odd looking one that has like an angled, it's a 400 as well. But, wow. you know, usually I guess all the Ampegs are like 300. Yeah, 350, something like that. Yeah, or this is like, a, I don't know, it just, you crank the gain and it growls, you know. Yeah. And that sounds awesome. It's 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 just it's been a good amp. It's unfortunately all of our stuff had to get stolen for me to <sighs> get this amp. Sometime I guess that was about 2007, 2008, somewhere around there Damn. as well. We had about I don't know, $40,000 worth of gear Jesus. stolen from us out of a storage facility and luckily um me and Marlon had homeowners insurance on our homes which cover like a 10 mm. percent of stuff like that yeah so i was able to squeeze about four thousand dollars out of the Damn. insurance companies and uh i bought a rig um i had two rigs stolen i used to play with two and i just couldn't afford Fuck. to get two i just got one and marlon replaced his and then like our our drummer john he was he literally just bought that kit like two uh, months ago. Yeah. So he was going to be paying on that kit for the next 10 months and it's stolen. And it's like, man. So, you know, we pitched in and, and got some drum stuff and uh, Scott from Scott from uh, competition music, like hooked us up with a, with an old PA nice. that worked like a champ. And I mean, we're still using half of it. I mean, <laughs> we're still using the power. Amps. That's badass. And, uh, but yeah, we, we got back on our feet and people went to gear and we, we played shows and Damn. all that, but all that vintage gear that we collected, you know, yeah, growing that's... up in the, in the eighties and nineties, like, you know, everybody wanted the super fast, uh, Jackson's, yeah and charvels and stuff like fast necks and you know all that yeah. so there were there were les pauls and, and you know svt ampeg base rigs and pawn shops for you know two three hundred bucks yeah. here and there like I'll hey i'll take yeah. that that was before the internet you yeah. know and yeah they figured out how much the stuff is yeah. worth <laughs> So when did so when did me me think start? Is that the first like band that started gigging around, or was there one earlier? Yeah, there. Um, the first band that I started gigging out with was, um, well, it was this it was the skate band a long time ago with uh, Carrie Blackwell. He was our singer. Um, I think we got the plug pulled on us after about three songs. <laughs> it was at a skate contest, um, but it was a lot of fun. But. I think the first band that I really started playing out with was a band called Letters to Debbie. And it was like a, it was like a high school band that I had with an older friend of mine. And um, when, I don't know, it was like a senior in high school, a friend of mine started going to Haltom. Met some guys over there and um, um, he started playing in a band with them. And they were borrowing a bass player from another band. And he was like, Hey, I know this bass player back in Eagle mountain. Maybe we'll have them come out and jam. So they invited me over to this house uh, to watch their band play. They were having like a little party or something. And I didn't really expect too much, you know, um, it just seemed like kind of out where I grew up. It was like drugs and beer and partying and, 
stuff like that was yeah. like high on the agenda and <laughs> music was kind of low. Yeah. And with these guys, it was like, I showed up at this house and there was like, I don't know, 30 kids sitting Indian style in the living room of somebody's house, you know, watching a band play. I mean, they were having beers and, but they wow. were like, like checking this band out and like, cool. And I'm like, this is a trip, you know? <laughs> and then the band uh, took a break and the band I came to see was, was setting up and everyone just went outside and drug out the little launch ramps and stuff and was skating in the driveway. Wow. And it was like, I, you know, I met 30 people that day and saw this band and was like, well, they're pretty good. You know, I, yeah, I'll join. And then like those guys have like literally been my friends for wow. that drummer in that band has been like one of my best friends since then, you know, and he's moved away to, uh, he lives up in the Seattle area, but I go visit him every year. And, you know, these, all these guys, like I still keep in touch with them. Half of them live in my neighborhood. We just kind of like yeah. all bought houses in the same neighborhood. And it's so awesome. It's close to the jam room. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect yeah it's like it's a it's a beautiful thing yeah we got yeah. like all that delicious vietnamese food we got a griffs we got our jam room <laughs> got everything you need it's like heaven on earth yeah yeah so what was fort worth like when y'all were playing i guess what year what year is that oh man well, you know fort worth wasn't um we weren't really playing fort worth it when just... um this was a band called john doe okay and uh, i joined that that was the haltom city band okay and we would play out at the Exodus Club in Dallas, which oh, okay. is now, well, I don't know if it's still there or not, but Reno's Chop Shop. Okay. Is that, you know, you know, Reno's yeah. right there. Oh, man. Is that still there? I haven't been out there in a minute. I haven't either. Um, we've played Reno's a couple of times, and it's always a trip because, yeah. like, this used to be the Exodus. Like, this wow. is where we played. Like, I think our drummer was 17. I was... I would. I don't even know if I turned eighteen yet. Wow. I was probably seventeen too, because I was. I was a senior, but I. I didn't turn eighteen until May. Gotcha. So I was kind of young, and we would go out to the Exodus Club, and uh, this is you know kind of back when DFW or uh, Deep Ellum was you know a little lawless. Okay. Um, I had been there, you know, in the eighties, uh, watching the punk shows when it was completely lawless, which was <laughs> it, it was fun. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I was scared shitless because I was like 14 years old. But, you know, it was pretty cool to see a bunch of, uh, you know, see the circle jerks and the exploited and Damn. the ball surfers. And, you know, my if my parents only knew, it's like, yeah, we're going to see a music. OK. And, you know, and we drive 30 miles to a <laughs> shithole club and <laughs> <laughs> dodge the skinheads dodge the the bums and go see the show and hopefully make it home in one piece and that was a lot of fun but yeah we we uh we played the exodus we we did that for a couple of years okay. um and that band broke up and like kind of out of the ashes we were all just like you know let's form a new band uh, and one of our guys was always like, our drummer was like, I've always wanted to play guitar. And our, you know, bass player is like, I want to play guitar too, you know, the guitar player. I'll play bass. And I'm like, well, shit, I guess I'll, I'll 
play drums. I've kind of always wanted to <laughs> play the drums. I I used to go watch a friend of mine's band play. Like I don't even think this is an exaggeration. Like every single night they practiced in the summertime because there was nothing else to do. Um, and I just always remember. I think that's a lot of my like vocal style kind of sub subconsciously comes from that guy that you know brian Brian, the bass player and singer um i find myself doing a lot of things that i'm like well that was really like a kind of a brian thing wow and we even covered one of his songs on our 10 inch um and we still play that song the million dollar gumbo we still play that in our set it's a it's one of our favorites hell yeah but i i grew up watching that band like play and it was just something about the drummer, you know, it's like, maybe it was because I, I knew kind of how to play the guitar and the bass. And I can't tell what's going on with the guitar player's hands, but with a drummer, you can like, they're a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. So I was always just fixated. And I was like, yeah, I'd like to learn how to play the drums. And that was really even before I knew about, you know, the, Oh yeah. Well, yeah. The rhythm section, the bass and the drums kind of work together. You know, um, <laughs> everything was trial by error. Yeah, you know, of course, trial by of course, error yeah. And fire. That's half the fun too, right? You know, right. Like getting, getting to figure it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I was like, this is this is my chance, I guess. And uh, the the old drummer, like, kind of just he was like, yeah, I just kind of this thing here, this thing here, this thing here. <laughs> that's really it you pretty much get it and um i was kind of off and running i was i was you know shitty but i could kind of keep a beat and you just keep a beat until you like maybe i should try something and like, <laughs> da, da, you know like, oh yay i i made something you know and you just you keep trying keep trying and yeah. um yeah i played in that band that band was called hassle horse and good name. I played in, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I played in that band for, I don't know. We, we were together for like 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, we played all over. We were, there's a little bit of, um, of, I don't, I don't want to say contention. It's not contention. Sure. It's, it's just a funny, it's a funny, uh, argument between us and, um, Graham Richardson from, uh, would I that, uh, cause I think that Hasselhorst was the first band to play the rec room when they, we were like the, there wasn't even a stage. We just played in the corner um, of the front room. Like they hadn't, Oh damn. They had knocked a hole in the wall and and it was like a big hole in the cinder block wall that went through, but we were playing in the, in the front room. I remember there were like wall sconces, like lights on the, like these, wow, like kind of shaking and, uh but we we played we played there um had a good time and um shit we we played we played the rec room of you know quite a few times and yeah. we played uh we used to do these Haltom City Nights uh gigs up on Berry Street at the old Dog Star which was which turned into the moon okay. you know years later yeah. but it was yeah. that room that gotcha um 
and we spot. would it would be like a Wednesday night, and it was like it, we'd have the three three Haltham City bands. It was uh, Whizbang and Hasselhorse and uh, Guy Two Thousand, and I played in Guy Two Thousand, but I I had kind of a easy easy job, um, so I could do like the double duty, and it wasn't that big of a deal. What'd you do in, in Guy 2000? Guy 2000, I sang and uh, played a little bit of trumpet and uh, like percussion. Okay. So let me, so what would, what would they, what is, cause I, uh, man, I wish, what does Hasselhorst sound like? What would you say? I know that's like the worst question to ask a, a guy in a band, <laughs> but like we were, um, or, I guess compare them to the, uh, to Guy 2000. Like what's the difference? Between oh the two man. Bands? Guy 2000 <laughs> was like kind of, Guy 2000 was very strange. It was like, it was like if Ween was okay. a more of a jam band, you know, like we'd just go into like kind of okay musical explorations, but it would all be in like, you know, oh, this is the Bossa Nova type of song. And this is like, the, you know, this is the country tune. And, you know, we just had these, that's awesome. It was all over the place. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, Hasselhorse was, I don't want to say straightforward because we were definitely not straightforward, but that was around the time like we were huge fans of Pavement and okay. Archers of Loaf, um, all that, all, you know, the Wrens, all that Grass Records stuff. Okay. And of course, you know, I grew up listening to um, all the sub pop stuff. So I've, always been a huge mud honey fan so all that stuff kind of leaked in together and we were this really that noisy awesome. really noisy kind of alternative um, i don't know they were like pretty songs but um yeah it's hard to describe i yeah. mean you know like did y'all ever release any either either we, did, we have a we have one cd um called awesome. the chicken factory and i still i still probably got couple hundred copies of it somewhere <laughs> yeah, i might be interested i'm interested in one of those for sure yeah. I'd, love, I'd love to man, hear this, i should, man. I should awesome. have brought some of that stuff because uh um yeah i mean i'm just dying to to give give them away you know like i mean that's a that's a piece of history but it's also i'm sure y'all spent a lot of time at work so okay let me did. ask you this i want we i'm did. curious about this too was that your first studio experience doing that record or no we we our first studio experience was with john doe okay and that was a lot of fun we 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 thought we were big shit, man. We were like, <laughs> we were so excited. We loaded up the cars full of our gear, and we rented uh, some time out at a um, studio called Hot Tracks out in Garland. Okay, and I, don't ask me how I remember this shit, but the guy's <laughs> name was um, Chuck Frizzell. Nice, <laughs> and he played in a band called Blind Date. Um, I don't know if they played around or anything, but he, there was a big banner in the control room that said Blind Date. Blind Date. I was like, what's that? I'm like, oh, that's my band. But he, he was kind of your classic, like, um, he was probably 10 years older than us. Um, but, you know, like a Hesher through and through, long hair, probably had a Camaro outside, you know, Judas Priest tape in there. And um, he had this cool little studio right across the street from, I think, like, one of the Plano, you know, okay. they had like Plano, Northwest, East, mm. South, whatever. It was one of the Plano schools. 
because it happened to be prom night when we were doing this. So there was like all kinds of weird limos with kids kind of coming and going as we were smoking cigarettes outside. And <laughs> it was just a surreal experience. Like we thought, you know, we were like, we're making a record. Yeah. You know, it really, it, oh, it was, it was so much fun. And I think we got Chuck like, you know, pretty intoxicated on um, all kinds of substances. <laughs> and he was just having fun with us. And he was like, hey, y'all, let's try this, you know. And we we recorded five songs and we mixed one that the first night. And wow. we were going to come back and mix the other four the next uh, the next day. And um, that one song that we mixed that night has so much delay and reverb and trippy stuff going on. Like, we were just like wow, we got all these tracks. Let's use them, man. Let's listen to stuff. You know, we had so much fun. And um, we uh, we got a bunch of cassette tapes and started, like, you know, dubbing copies. And I made the cover and uh, Xeroxed a bunch. And, you know, we made a bunch of, you know, tapes. We were just like, wow, the trunks of our cars kind of, yeah. you know, kind of stuff like that. And That's we would awesome. play the Freedom Club down there. Um the Freedom Club was, a, it was weird. It was another reggae club. I don't know why we played off. The Exodus Club was a reggae club. But on like Fridays, it was like local music night. And then the Freedom Club was the same way. It was like a reggae club. And who know who knew Fort Worth had yeah. a reggae yeah. club? But they did. They did. Where's that? Where was that at? It was, um, it was over by Texas Wesleyan. Okay. Um, it was across the street from a car wash. So it was like there was crazy action going on at the car wash, as you can imagine. That sounds awesome. You know, like uh, it was off Rosedale. Yeah, right. Yeah. Had to, yeah. It wasn't the best part of town, but, you know, we were a bunch of kids. Like yeah. we we were fearless. We didn't care. <laughs> and I, I think uh, I think the club owners like, you know, I think they respected that. And they were like, cool, man. Yeah. Bring out all your friends, you know, buy our beers. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and and we did. We did. We we would um, we, we, we would always bring like a, a good little crowd. That was the good thing about the Wholesome City group. It's like people really enjoyed and yeah. supported the the local the local bands, you know. And yeah, we would support each other. Right? We'd go see this band play, and they come see us play, and yeah, and we'd do a show together. And nobody would come because we're all on stage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling that's but that's what it's all about though like that that yeah. you know reciprocation and everybody sharing and having a good time experience like that's i think that's what makes a good scene and a healthy scene like i guess zooming out a little bit like how would you say you know the fort worth dfw scene however you want to classify it like how has it changed since you started participating in it like in you know i guess the early 90s mm -hmm. to, to now like it's changed it's changed quite a bit um it do you think for the better or for the worse? I I mean, I think for the most part, for the better, for sure. Um, the only thing I would like throw in as like the worst was like, I don't know. There for a while, it just seemed like we were dealing with like a bunch of promoters and and stuff. And it was, it was, hmm. it was kind of a, yeah, it was, I know what you're it, talking about. it was just a cluster fuck, you know, it was kind of hard to get stuff going and set up. But, um, I mean, 
everybody, I think everybody was trying to, to do, to do the good. You yeah. know, it just was, some of it was hard to get up and running, but, um, it's, there's, you know, it's always been, it's always been pretty, um, pretty, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But like pretty scrappy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, only lately, it just seems like, you know, well, we've like uh, mass just closed yeah. down. Yeah. And that was a real, I mean, that was a bummer. I didn't, I didn't really see that coming or anything. Yeah, same. Um, and I don't, like, I don't know what happened, but you know, hey, things. Yeah like especially in this day and age like you 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 can't predict what's yeah what's gonna happen it's changes day to day but um were you there the last night did you get to go i didn't last... i didn't no, either i didn't get to go i uh, know the like the royal sons were playing like we, yeah we're uh we're right down the hall from them in the jam room so damn uh i see i see those guys like on tuesdays nice. when fdw nice. practices and they're they're practicing but yeah i didn't get to oh, make yeah. it out either yeah, um, I didn't but we did get the regret. poster. Oh yeah, um, oh, that's awesome. We had one of those big Fuck, posters yeah, up on the wall. Up on yeah. the wall, yeah. That's and, good. Uh, we we got the one that was ours. So that's fantastic. that's that'll be a cool, cool memento. We're just trying to find a spot in our jam room to right, put yeah. it. <laughs> like I don't know, just gonna have to cover yeah. some stuff up. Yeah, <laughs> we're running out of room. What you mean? But so, yeah, it was a that was um that was a bummer. I I. I always enjoyed it's it was the options in in Fort Worth about it's it's always been there's always been a few mm -hmm. you know and and all, then those few are usually really good too so yeah there was um you know I love playing the grotto like that was yeah who didn't the, love playing the grotto. the grotto the grotto was so good <laughs> it was like god you could have some of the craziest shows in there yeah for real <laughs> and it was just so much fun and um the moon I, was good i mean i guess it's, what what would you say it was called before it was that the dog star the dog star mm -hmm. i've heard that before too yeah and then one of the one of the people it was like this lady named sally and this guy named dan and dan opened up a place on magnolia that mm -hmm. he called the dog star two for a little while okay that became um uh, I can't remember what the name of it. It was like, I think it was like an Irish or a Scottish name. Okay. And then it turned into the usual, but it's, oh, it's that it's room. It's that, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was a weird, and I actually, I got a concussion one night, uh, a night we played there. And it had nothing to do with playing there, but it was a Thursday night. We just did a Thursday night gig. And what, what sucked is um, Club Nowhere, which was the chat room, or it you know the chat room where the chat room is yeah. used to be called club nowhere back in the the olden days and then um uh the dog star 2 is like right there kind of catty corner yeah and then i lived in that building that is now the Schaefer advertising building oh wow right on um south adams and magnolia so it was like i could i could see the club from my bedroom window but oh man, I gotta load all this stuff and drive it back to Halton no. City. <laughs> oh man, yeah. And, and then drive back yeah, and drive go to down. sleep. <laughs> we got back and I was unloading some gear and a big old soundproofing baffle in the jam room like fell oh. and it caught me right kind of in the back of the head. And it it knocked me a little silly. And um rat, our uh, 
our uh, bass player, he he kind of grabbed me, you know, and was like, "Well, you okay?" And I was like, "Man, knocked me a little loopy," you know. And um, I I went home, got home to my apartment, and I'm just like oh, splitting headache. Um, I'd been drinking Damn. a little bit, and you know, I told my well, this is my future ex ex wife. Um, I told her that I was like, I got hit in the head, I'm not feeling good, and she's like, you got a concussion, you can't go to sleep. And I'm thinking, I am so dog tired. Oh I just played a show. I'm like, I'm going to sleep, and I went to sleep, and I, you know, I was, I was fine. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have, but I was fine. <laughs> I got up in the morning. I was probably still drunk even, you know, just like getting up in the morning, like I got to go to work. And I'm, you know, I shower, get dressed, I get in my truck and I drive like a one block to where there's a, a stoplight. And for whatever reason, like it turned, it turned green. And I just started to go and turn, but it wasn't, it wasn't protected. And I just got like creamed, oh just boom. Right there on College and Magnolia. Holy shit. There used to be like a cop station right there. Oh, it was weird. like I literally got in a wreck in front of the cop station. So um a long story short, I ended up breaking like my hands. Oh my God. <laughs> on the steering wheel of the truck. So I was kind of out of commission for it. Well, this was back when I was a good healer. I was like, oh. uh, it took me about a month and then I was playing drums again. <laughs> But I was like, man, I wish I could heal like that now. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, I broke all kinds of different. Like, you can still kind of see the the splits in those bones. Those were, like, twisted, just snapped like chicken bones, doctor said. (laughs) I'm glad they worked. They're still working and everything. Yeah, yeah, everything's fine there, you know. Yeah. I've, uh. Yeah, I've had a lot worse since then. <laughs> so my, my medical jacket's thick. When did <laughs> so when did you start Pussy House Productions and start doing we your did, your graphic stuff? We did like, that about ninety nine. Okay. Um, and what inspired you to do that? Just uh, the the band um, me the me think started. Um, yeah, the me think started. And we started, you know, putting out, we started doing shows and like, I was always this huge, like Frank Kozik, Derek Hess, uh, Jermaine Rogers fan, like all the old poster creators from like the eighties and nineties, the real colorful stuff. And I, um, I wanted, I wanted stuff like that and nobody seemed to be doing that. You know, it was like, uh. I don't know. Nobody seemed to be doing much uh, advertising at all. Maybe yeah. like some flyers. Um, I mean, you know, you go down to Mad Hatters or whatever, and there'd be you know mm-hmm. post show posters and stuff. And but I was like, I wanted, I wanted that, but I wanted it in you know Fort Worth too. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking like I can, I can kind of you know, I can figure this stuff out. Like I'm doing. I'm, I use all the software at work, so yeah. and I had access to all this stuff at work, so I just started going crazy. <laughs> wow! Um, you know, I met I met Calvin in like '95, and you know, we were just kind of kindred spirits right away. And um, 
we I don't even know how we started working together. We just kind of did. We just started passing stuff back and forth. And before you knew it, it was like, you know, these collabs that we would do. And it's awesome. Then it just got to like, you know, oh, oh, you do this good. I'll do this good. And then, you know, we can share the workload, too, when it comes to like cutting stencils or um, uh, cutting wood or doing whatever we're doing. You know, it's we, we kind of distribute the weight yeah. uh, 50 percent. So it's like, so did you go to art school? I did. I, okay. I went to the Art Institute of Dallas. Oh, badass. Uh, from 90 to 92. So okay. it's like a two-year degree. Um, so, yeah, I got my associates. Hell yeah. And, uh, <laughs> like, I haven't looked back. I always hated school. I was never good in school. And I think, like, just me making it and getting an associate's degree, I was like, I'm just going to stop while I'm ahead. I'm done, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't blame you, man. <laughs> Um, and now, you know, it's like, shoot, it's, I think I'm like, I got tw- I've been doing it 28 years Yeah. now. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it'll be like 30 years coming up in, in, uh, in 2025 since That's amazing. Like 95. Um, I got my first real like graphic design job and, and. 94 95 gotcha started editing photos for um this uh flight simulation company oh wow it was fun you know um i met i met a lot of weirdos it was really cool um what do you mean by that (laughs) well uh, um i worked the graveyard shift and it was mostly artists and programmers um, all the all the instructors, all the suit and ties, you know, all the military, Air Force uh, types. Yeah, they're gone. They're gone. And it's just the it's the weirdos, you know, it's the, <laughs> <laughs> it's the people that, um, you know, we're it was all the artists um, and programmers. And um, we were just up there in this in this attic all together from, you know, probably about 5 p.m. till I used to leave about 3, 3.30. You know, it was like a four day. Gotcha. Put your hours in pretty, pretty easily because, you know, you got all night. Yeah. And uh, it was down there in the river bottoms uh, over there off of Trinity. And uh, there's nothing out there, you know, and we just drive around for lunch. You know, lunch was at, 11 p.m. So (laughs) it was just weird. But, you know, you you, I met um, I met all these weird people and then I knew other weird people and got them jobs there. And uh, (laughs) so there was like a bunch of my friends working there. And then uh, just there's a a few people that I still like see and talk to to this day. And um, yeah, that that was a cool experience. and like most of my um, like corporate style jobs, uh, I was laid off mm. in you know an unceremonious way as they tend to be. But yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's that's rough. That's the breaks, you know. Yeah. But it just seems to happen. It 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 happened at every job in the nineties yeah. and then into the two thousands as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. My dad happened to my dad like five or six times when I was growing up. Same time period, late nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. Like, yeah, every year and a half. It so. sucks. It it's sucks. Like, yeah. And um 
yeah so i i i got away from 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 that but i learned i learned a lot i learned um uh you know i learned photoshop i learned 3d max i learned uh like 2d animator studio like all these like they're ancient sure ancient programs but um i learned a lot of stuff and then it was i I went on to work for a dot com after that and of course you know the bubble burst and Mm -hmm. yeah just on and on and on and on but every time you know you pick up more more skills and you know you meet more more people and so what's what what I guess type of creativity do you enjoy more? I mean, I know what you get paid to do one, so maybe that has, you know, inhibits it or what or changes the relationship, maybe or whatever. But like, do you, you know, is there certain things that you just really enjoy making visually or digitally? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I love my my current job right now. Like, um, I think they, I think they realize that I'm like a I don't know. I'm a, I'm, I'm a weird person (laughs) and, um, they like what, what happens when they, you know, give me copy and say, Hey, make, make pictures for it. And because I don't, I don't really, I, all the companies I've worked for, I've never really known anything about the actual, uh, like product subject matter yeah. you know yeah product <laughs> yeah. you know like i've never flown a plane i mean uh, <laughs> crashed a few simulators but you know i i worked for accounting companies like anything about accounting yeah um but uh, you're creative and you can yeah. take something they they give you and you do something interesting and creative with it yeah so yeah. i might i might see something different uh in the words yeah. And, you know, it's like, oh, we didn't we didn't think about it like that. And that's a good way to visualize it. And so it, it kind of works out, um, you know, me not not knowing. Yeah. Sometimes is. Do you think you do that same thing with music? Not not knowing, but like have a uh, maybe, you know, a unique perspective in regards to like how you create it or. I, you know, I think so, too, because I've never been a very good like. I don't consider myself a good player. Like I'm pretty sloppy. Um, I always refer to playing my bass, like playing the trombone, you know, I just <laughs> kind of slide my hand up until I, <laughs> until I hit the note, you know? <laughs> um, Cause most of the time I'm trying to remember words and yeah, you're doing it all. But, but dude, it creates like a, I don't know. It, it, it it your playing style in itself maybe that's what you're i'm just trying to play like a trombone but like it, it makes it dramatic like your playing has it has an emotion behind it like as, oh. you, as you're doing it so i don't know i i uh i think that's cool i i do get a lot of satisfaction from it and i think that's there there's a difference there with like the um the visual side and uh audio side yeah. it's like i mean i do i do get lots of satisfaction from a like a finished piece of artwork like there's nothing like sometimes it's just like i'm so close i'm so close to being done i'm uh it's only four in the morning i'm just gonna keep going just, oh, i haven't yeah, done by the morning you know i just <laughs> i i want to see it finished you know and it kind of drives me mm-hmm. and um it's it's like it's that it's that same thing with 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 music too but it's like that's that's kind of like a way, a way longer process. And it's, 
mm-hmm. it's a lot harder for me i think like writing writing words has always mm-hmm. been really tough it's like I you on that i mean i just i squeeze them out like you know syllable by syllable like my phone is a mess you know my notes and my phone are a mess it's like oh one day you know how does the uh collaborative process of doing it being in a band with people and like the relationship of being like you're describing it and I, you're you're the only person i don't want to say the only person but like you said your best friend you know your best friends your best friends were in the bands we we even lived near each other we still spend time together right right like do you think being best friends made it easy to create what you were creating or like did it enhance that like how did that relationship affect like do do they help you write lyrics or do they give you know is there oh yeah space you know or is like how does that work for you guys because i know it's different for every band um when we first started the Methinks, we were a, th- a three-piece, and uh, the drummer was a guy named Will Reisinger, who is uh, our guitar player Marlon's brother-in-law. Okay. Um, and he wrote like probably eighty percent of the lyrics um, in the early days, and then I would take his lyrics and kind of push them around uh, to how maybe I would say him yeah. or how I needed the cadence to go with the bass. Yeah. That's a whole thing. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Just figuring out how to, damn, how to make yeah. it work together. <laughs> I don't, and to this day, I don't know how guitar players like play melodies and sing. I yeah, no. blows my mind. I'm like trying to just play one note and sing and I can't do it. But, uh, so, you know, I, I would kind of change, change the, the words a little bit, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, he would, he would write them all and I learned a lot from him. So the songs that I write, um, I can always tell the difference. His, his were always a little funnier than mine. Mine were always, always had this little, like little bit of a, I don't know, a little bit of a sadness. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm poking fun, but I think it's like, you know, the sad clown or something. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it's even to this day, he hasn't been in the band for, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years. I don't know. He's been in the band for a long time, but if he comes up with some funny lyrics, I mean, he was like, this has the me things written all over it (laughs) and he'll send them to us. And then we'll be like, man, these words are funny. And the next thing you know, we've like, you know, like, oh, this will break this out as the chorus. And. You know, Marlon goes home, I'll go home, and then we'll come back. Maybe one of us will have a little riff. And it's like, those words will go perfect with that little riff. And that's awesome. Next thing you know, we got a, we got a song. And <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It's, and, you know, with the Me Thinks, we have, we have never been known for being uh, prolific in any form or fashion. I mean, we put out a lot of stuff, but all the stuff only has like one or two songs on it. <laughs> That's still prolific. You're still doing it. It still counts, you know, right? Absolutely. It's a release. Yeah, we got that new one coming up. Oh, that's right. uh, the 29th? Yeah, the 29th of October. Um, we finally put out a 12-inch. Yay. But there's only there's there's only a couple songs on it. We just wanted to put it on a big record. Yeah, big record. Yeah, yeah high quality. Look, we're right? big boys there now. <laughs> it's awesome yeah no more seven inches no more tw- 10 inches like we've graduated there you go even though we we didn't write any more songs <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all that's awesome and, congratulations uh, thank you thank you yeah we uh where's this, the show at again 
It's at it's at the new uh, Lola's location. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, awesome. I have not seen a show there yet. Um, but I I have been there because me and Calvin have been painting. Uh, we painted the the uh, the smoking oh, Lola Lola yeah. girl on the inside, oh, and awesome. uh, we're also gonna paint it on the on the stage too. But it was like as soon as we got done with the inside one, it was like the temperature you know yeah, really yeah. shot up and it was sense. like yeah, yeah. wait on that yeah we hadn't been able to yeah, uh, get out there but yeah it sucks i hadn't I, I hadn't either like i we used to live on that side of town like i was like man this would have been right down the street but we moved a few months ago and now, now they're over there i just haven't had a chance to make it by yet but yeah i, I, I drive by it sometimes and i'm like damn i want to i want to go in there yes so it looks yeah. awesome yeah we're um this will be the first time uh for me to see a show and to play there so hell yeah that'll be cool i really like the setup though i mean it's uh have you seen it have i've you seen, seen photos of it and just from the street but how yeah the how lower it's, yeah like it's it, like inset into the ground where the crowd is perfect. i was like that's like a short person's dream you know all the short people uh we can all stand up on the top there you go. <laughs> and, yeah. and all the tall people can be down in the pit being it's being awesome. tall I'm sure that's good for acoustics too, and like temperature reasons too. Like, yeah, I'm sure that, I'm sure that works out real well for a lot of reasons. So I can't, I can't awesome. wait just to see, you know, how it goes, and you know, of course, it it seemed like that little area is is kind of cool too. Like, I think they're putting a cidery or something back oh, okay. there. Awesome. Do, do you remember a Crazy Ivan's paintball? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that whole building they've like they're converting it into oh. like. Uh, I think a cidery and Interesting. some other stuff. Okay, that could be pretty cool actually. And then there's a little uh there's a little place back there called um Smokestack 1948. I'd never heard of it before. Hush Puppy kind of mentioned it and me and Calvin were getting done painting one night and we were like, "Oh, let's go this way instead of trying to go out on Berry Street." We kind of weaseled our way back through the the back road there and boom, there's this place and i was like oh that's oh yeah that place is awesome now i know exactly yeah, what you're talking about yeah, yeah. we like had a food truck yeah outdoor um big old patio i heard like you know some skaters uh did it i'm not sure if that's true so i don't know if there's like skate stuff but that would be cool it seemed like they had food trucks and yeah and drinks and live music and uh it looked you know dog friendly and yeah definitely all that all that definitely. kind of stuff so it's like man that it's pretty nice. Might be a cool little, uh, you know, just a cool little spot. And I, I never knew that was over. I didn't knew either. It was back there. Same. Mm. Man, man, you blew my mind with Matt Ivan's paintball. I hadn't thought about that <laughs> in so long. Sorry. That's the first show I ever played that wasn't like a talent show. Was that was there? We played, I, we, oh we, yeah, yeah, we played they had bands. Play they, there? Yeah, I guess for a short period of time. Oh, like wow. I don't know what was this two two thousand or something two thousand one maybe. Um, wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's like damn. Yeah, that that was that place was fun um well that's yeah man awesome dude well so let's let but before you get out of here i want i just want to know like what are all the bands that you are like have recently been in or are currently in because i always feel like you're all, you're in so many projects i always have a hard time <laughs> keeping up i want to make i want to be sure to you know properly promote everything you know all, all of them right <laughs> <laughs> put put all the stuff out there well we i have the three main ones um, right now, you know, the me thinks has been, I think we're turning, I don't even know how old we are. There's so, there's so much discrepancy in our memories. It's like, I remember doing this in a certain year, but so we just said, okay, we're turning 21. Cause I know, I know we're at least we're probably like 23, 
but we're, we're put, we're, we're turning 21 and, um, that's like just oh, before you even go on 21 years as a band is just yeah. like a huge achievement. It's like, pretty crazy. That's, that's phenomenal. <laughs> like that is something to be incredibly proud of. Yeah. Just in itself. And really we've only had, um, We've only we've only we've only um, switched two members. Wow! Uh, you know we have we've had two, two drummers and two. Uh, we had Band Bandy played with us uh, as our second guitar player, and then uh, now Trash Pockets has been with us as our second guitar player for quite a while. I don't even know. It seems like it just seems like forever. I guess <laughs> I guess at this point, but. Yeah, it's um, it, it 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 wasn't without. Um, I mean, it we're we're kind of a weird band. We don't have a lot of drama, you know. I don't know if you've ever. I mean, you know, Marlon. Yeah. Like, um, I think that guy's even sweeter, like in real life, and he's pretty fucking sweet when you see him out in public. Yeah, but exactly. he's an easy he's an All easy guys, guy yeah, super to be in a band with. <laughs> so it's awesome. Um you know, if we got problems or whatever, we usually work them out, but they're usually not problems with each other. It's usually like, man, I got this shit going on or like, mm. oh, um I'm having a baby, so <laughs> I need to um we need to go on hiatus for like 6 months while I raise this yeah. child. <laughs> yeah. But then we we're boom, we we're, you know, we were right back and we weren't really on like a hiatus. We still kind of got together, but it, yeah. it just like we weren't gigging. We weren't doing any of that. But yeah. Marlon needed to get out, out of the house every now and then and play his guitar. So, but yeah, that's healthy, too. It worked out good. Yeah. Yeah. But, so you get and then Vorvon. Oh, right? yeah. Vorvon. Um, now, I'm not sure what's about to happen because um we, oh, we just found out that Will Wells, our bass player, is moving to Colorado. Oh. Um, and I think it's going to happen pretty quick. But um, we are playing this Saturday at Division Brewing. So it's going to be kind of like, hey, we got okay. a show. It'll be our last show for probably a good while. Um, you know, we're not we're not putting it to bed or anything because uh, Will's got family and stuff here. So I could totally see him like coming back and. We've been playing in Vorvon now for I don't know over ten years, so hell yeah, it's it's like you know we can just kind of pick it up where we left off with a few practices and and uh, do some stuff. But That's awesome. me and Rick are looking, uh, we're gonna keep going and and doing something, maybe something totally different, just to keep Vorvon as a uh, as a separate entity and start something new. But uh, nice. And then uh, I've got FTW going. We just got back from iowa oh we, badass we yeah we drove that's up. right you were telling me about that, that yeah was, it was fun uh it was like kind of a one-off deal you know like uh uh we didn't like set up shows all the way there and all the way back or anything like that but it uh it was a one-off deal it was like a it was a bike rally uh held in uh, a pretty small little town in iowa called franklin but it is our bass player nick's hometown oh wow so that was like kind of the whole reason we did it you know his family is up there uh i mean he there was even a few people from high school i think uh that, that were there and um that was a lot of fun it was just like you know just playing to a bunch of bikers and uh seeing all the bikes and all that kind of stuff that was that was fun and it's badass um 
we are we're hoping we're going to finish up uh like some songs that we recorded like pre-pandemic um yeah we we'd like to finish those record some more and because we we you know we've we haven't put out any recorded material we just never have been able to um but we finally do have some stuff recorded. That's we, awesome. We recorded with uh, with Joe over at Cloudland. Hell yeah! Um, and we had a good time over there. And we just need to we we've, we've got everything's done. We just need to you know mix it. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, you gonna press it? Or are you gonna? We're not sure. Yeah. We're not sure. I think we want to record some more. I think the plan is to record like some more and then uh, put it all out on uh, together. Because uh, uh, I think we did like four songs, so we maybe do four more and there then do do like a full length. So that'll be awesome. Man. Yeah, that'll be. It's yeah, be exciting. Fun. You got you got plates spinning. Yeah, everywhere. yeah. It's um yeah keeps my my weeks are busy full of rehearsals <laughs> and stuff like that. But it's cool. I'm having I'm having fun with you know all the bands. Uh, it's like uh, you know if I wasn't I wouldn't I would definitely wouldn't be in them. You know it's yeah, like dude. It's uh it's it's fun. It there's something about it too, you know, like um just beating on the drums with a pair of sticks. It <laughs> really it really helps like you know, get that yeah. shitty client yeah. <laughs> funk off of you uh, from it's the cathartic. day's work. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, you know, like I call it scream therapy, you know, when I go to a me thinks practice, it's just like, wow, I can if the if the words are 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 if the words need you know extra emotion like i can i can fit it in there yeah that's a great that's a great point i think you know there's something to be said about just playing music and feeling better yeah with your friends you know playing music with people and then afterwards you i don't know you can really tell when you haven't like jammed in in like a a while like you know for me it'd be like a couple weeks and be like man yeah i'm really ready to, i'm ready to jam yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah man it's a it, real thing yeah yeah it 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 i need it i need it in my life and well hell yeah man well thank you for sharing all of all of the stuff that you do with that you know with the rest of us all the, all the yeah stuff i'm, stuff I'm sure i left out i left out so much and so many people but um well we can maybe do it again one day if you want hey yeah yeah, keep, yeah keep it was fun one. I can tell stories all day. <laughs> I'm down for that, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, appreciate it again, man. Well, yeah, hope to see uh, everybody out on the 29th. Yeah, the 29th. The 29th. I'll definitely be there. And uh, for Vorvon, we'll be at Division Brewing. Uh, I, that's an all-day thing. I think the band okay. started like three or four. Okay. We go on around six six thirty, and uh, Mountain of Smoke. Uh, oh, closes badass. the night at like around 11. Hell yeah. So, so is that the, was that the 9th, Saturday the 9th? Um, what is today, the 7th? Gosh, have I been saying the date wrong the whole time? I'm, I'm confused. It's, the, it's Saturday. It's for Saturday. Sure. Today <laughs> it's Saturday. is not the 7th. Today is the 6th. So the 8th. Saturday the 8th. Okay, cool. There we go. I'll do my best to have this out tomorrow uh, so we can have this ahead of the, ahead of the show. Cool. No, no. Uh... Thanks for listening, and now, the Me Thinks. Keep Hultum high.